Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. Seriously, if you want to relieve stress, go to the Word of God. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's just so weird, isn't it? Those people say stuff like that. I apologize for it. Are you kidding me? Let's all do baptism, and I have a little pool here, and we'll all feel nice and relaxed. That's baptism. No, baptism is a sacred Christian rite. All the various yogas are sacred Hindu rites. Wake up, America! It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. If you'd kindly walk this way to the deep end... We're going to dive in. I was being sarcastic, which is another big word you'll learn in school. What's the word on the street? This is Wretched Radio, the word on the street. Adi Afara. Adi, what? You heard me. I said Adi Afara. No, it was not a swear word. It is a theological term that you and I must study, and we are going to be required to dive into the deep end. Why? Because we are being hit by a barrage, a veritable tidal wave of new issues, morality issues, political conundrums that are causing Christians to go, how am I supposed to respond to this? You say, what are you talking about? I hold in my never before nicotine stained fingers a veritable stack of stories, real people, real issues, going through genuine dilemmas, trying to be faithful Christians in light of the LGBTQ revolution. Alistair Begg is the one who really has caused a lot of people to start asking questions because if indeed it is wrong for a Christian to attend an LGBTQ plus wedding, Well, that principle then means I can't attend other unbiblical weddings. But wait, a door gets open, more like Pandora's box. What about these configurations? What about when I'm confronted by this? You say, what are these things? Let me share with you these emails. Please note two things. One, we're not going to use names. Number two, we're not going to try to solve each one of these dilemmas. That is not the place of a radio program or a podcast. These issues need to be sorted on the local level in the context of the local church. We are simply here to bring as much perspective and hopefully correct biblical exposition to help us sort this stuff, recognizing there is little doubt about it. Different Christians are going to have different takes on these subjects, and that's why we need to figure out adiaphora. But before we get to that, here are the conundrums. My mom is struggling because my aunt, her sister, is coming into town. However, on this trip, my aunt is also bringing her daughter and her daughter's girlfriend. Oh, okay. Usually my mom hosts my aunt in their two-bedroom guest house. Should she be okay with the daughter and girlfriend also staying in her guest house? What would you advise? You're the pastor. The parishioner walks into your office and gives you that. What would you say and why? And how do you make that decision? And what if somebody disagrees with your opinion? Todd, this my wife uh, teaches first grade. And there's a boy who wants to be a girl. So my wife has to teach this. We both agree she can't perpetuate a lie. Names, pronouns, but we've got contracts that are up in June. She's between a rock and a hard place. What did we... Is it wrong for her to continue to teach that student while trying to avoid a lawsuit from the parents and still do it right? 
There's a conundrum. By the way, do I have an opinion on these things? Of course I do. I'm a talk show host. I'm trying to simply share with you the conundrums without presenting my opinion. Because we want to we want to try to build a framework for figuring these things out. No, for you to figure these things out. Because each one of these conundrums has complexities. They always have details. I work for a company providing IT support, services to small businesses. We closely partner with our clients to help them grow and be successful. We were approached by a church that supports LGBTQ stuff. They participate in a pride parade, etc. Normally, if an organization we work with supports those things, it's not the primary purpose of their business to promote anti-Christian beliefs. But in this case, it seems front and center to the purpose of the organization. I don't know that I want to help them to be successful. I feel consternation over this arrangement. Is that justified in this case, or am I making a bigger deal of this than is warranted? That's a conundrum, isn't it? Todd, so I groom dogs for a company that is extremely woke. They sell LGBTQ stuff, donate, implemented pronouns. Would I be affirming this by working for them? All this Alistair Begg stuff has me wondering now. So the the hornet's nest was kicked, and look at that. There are all kinds of hornets flying out of that nest because there's so many different situations. Curious. The argument is rightly being made that attending a wedding implies approval of it. So how does this apply to a Baptist attending a service where an infant is being baptized? Should a Baptist stay away? What should they do at that service if they disagree with infant baptism? I think I didn't expect that one, Jimmy. That's a very good question. Uh, There have been others about, hey, my father was Roman Catholic. He died. They're going to have the burial. Do I go to the funeral? Is that different than attending a wedding? What if they do anything Catholic that is clearly in violation of biblical principles? Conundrum. Conundrum, conundrum. Todd, hypothetically, my son is having a child out of wedlock. Should I refuse to go to the hospital to meet the baby so I don't appear to give approval of my son's sinful relationship? Why is that opinion in line or not in line with your view on Alistair Begg's current situation? Next question. One of my female colleagues who works in close proximity to me has a wife, and is expected to make an announcement very soon about becoming pregnant. Oh boy. I'm struggling to know how best to respond to this announcement in front of her and the other colleagues and how to engage with her about the baby going forward. What's the conundrum? I don't want to affirm that configuration. I don't want to affirm their behavior. But it's a baby. And we love babies. We're the life people. I understand this goes against God's design for family. However, can the birth of a child still be celebrated, given all children are a blessing in God's eyes? What about baking cakes? What do we do if I'm a florist? How do I make these decisions? All of these, and frankly, a limitless number more that are new, aren't they? So how do we sort it? How do we come up with the principles to figure out what to do? Well, let me take you back in time 
When adiaphora first made its way into Protestant conversations, this is, believe it or not, from Britannica.com. They actually did a pretty fine job of helping us understand this concept. Adiaphora, they define as indifferent. These are issues where we don't have a specific verse about the subject. We got to sort it. We got to figure it out. And typically when we have these conversations, by the way, you will have the weaker brother, stronger brother. The weaker brother thinks, I can't do that. When the stronger brother says, I can, because you actually can. But that, sorry, begs the question, how do you know if you actually can? How do you know who's right on the issue? Because, for instance, on the Alistair Begg issue, most likely you disagreed with Pastor Begg. That would actually make you the weaker brother in Romans 14 world, because it is the weaker brother who doesn't feel like I can do that activity. Now, I'm not saying who's right and wrong. You know where I stand on it. But what I'm saying is, in this particular configuration, you and I would be the weaker brother. Are we? This is why we need to dive in deep. And I will share this with you. I have had, I've lost track of the number of conversations that I've had with theologians. I'm not talking about people who just have an opinion. I'm talking about theologians. And this issue of adiaphora, it is a, it is a complex subject based on a lot of variables. So let's study what adiaphora is. According to Britannica, these are indifferent issues. The opinion that certain doctrines or practices and morals, religion, political matters are indifferent because they're neither commanded nor forbidden in the Bible. That's a pretty standard definition of adiaphora, things that are neither commanded nor forbidden. The first controversy arose over the religious compromise between the Lutheran theologians of Wittenberg, that would be Philip Melanchthon, and other ecclesiastical leaders in Saxony. So the elector of Saxony succeeded in making the Wittenberg theologians accept, for political reason, what was called the Leipzig Interim, which sanctioned the jurisdiction of Roman Catholic bishops and observance of certain rites like extreme unction and confirmation, while all were to accept the doctrine of justification by faith. The added word alone being treated as one of the adiaphora. And so a Lutheran reformer opposed this policy and said, no, 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 this is all about political pressure. And so you can't use adiaphora. And therefore, no concession could be allowed. Well, guess what? It required the Peace of Augsburg to settle the issue. In other words, we've been dealing with this stuff for a long time, and it demands that we do one thing. Yeah, we can study history, but we need to study the texts that actually deal with this subject so that you, not me, you can come up with the biblical response to these current conundrums. Next on Wretched Radio. Might I, first of all, thank you for the hundreds of wretches who supported Masters Academy International last year. And if you are now perhaps intrigued by what they do at Masters Academy International, would encourage you to check them out. Yes, we're doing a Bible distribution program with them, but they're training pastors around the globe. Seminary trained students at the Master Seminary return to their native land. 
and they get plugged into a Master's Academy International mini seminary outlet where they teach indigenous pastors how to rightly divide the word of truth. It's brilliant. And these indigenous pastors trained at the Master's Seminary train indigenous pastors. Brilliant. It is a wonderful ministry and you could be supporting a pastor, you could be supporting a seminary overseas and you'll be strengthening the local church. You can do that at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Well, in a world that is undeniably cluttered with quick fixes and superficial solutions, now comes a journey into the heart of real change. I'm talking about Transformed Season 3. It's finally here, and we're inviting you into the lives of individuals that are facing the giants of fear and guilt and grief. But hey, there's a twist. These aren't your typical battles. These battles have been fought with the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. You'll witness loneliness and overeating and relational tension met with grace, truth, and love that can only come from the one who knows us the best. This season's not just about watching others. It's about seeing yourself and your struggles and the path to true transformation through biblical counseling. We'll together dive deep into the heart of what it means to be transformed. Transformed Season 3 can be found right now at wretched.org slash transformed3. Record number of children are attending the Tomorrow Clubs in Africa. You should see the videos. Hundreds of kids run to meet at a Tomorrow Club in Africa. Why? Because Tomorrow Clubs, they're weekly kids meeting clubs where the kids, yep, they get some treats, but they get the gospel. They get the Bible. They get Bible memorization. Remember, we used to force our kids to do that, but now that we're oppressors, we don't want to be toxic and make our kids memorize Bible verses when it's about a gazillion times easier than when you get old. And they worship the Lord, they pray together, and they get loved on. Tomorrow clubs, I'm telling you, record-breaking. The images are so encouraging, so cool, and I would encourage you to consider being a Tomorrow Club partner. $1 per child per month encourage you to please consider supporting the great ministry tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched Books of the Bible The book of Numbers tells the story of Israel's wandering in the desert for 40 years. The journey from Egypt to Canaan should have only taken 11 days. But Israel's grumbling and disobedience angered God, and none of the Israelites were allowed to enter the promised land. But God remained faithful and led their children into their inheritance. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's go back in time. That's how you go back in time right there. You don't need a DeLorean. This is Wretched Radio. Let me take you back to 1681. An adiaphorist controversy. A what? A disputable dispensation. The church going, what do we do about this? See if this doesn't sound at least related to so many of the issues that we are having to deal with today. The pietists, these, these were the people, there were two different groups of pietists. There were those that were rather licentious, believe it or not, and there were those that were legalists. These, the, the good part about the pietistic movement, however, was it had a deep concern about whether or not somebody was genuinely saved. And this is 1681. The pietists opposed the construction of a theater. 
in Hamburg. The pietists said it's a worldly amusement. Therefore, it's anti-Christian. But the Lutherans generally defended Christian freedom in such matters. And so the term adiaphora was debated. Is a theater where these plays go on? Is that something that a Christian can participate in? Should that be something that we try to boycott, shut down, make, make sure that everybody knows it's Satan's theater? Uh, and they, 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 couldn't, they couldn't agree on these issues. These are just a sampling of the historic issues that the church has had to figure out. The church, going back, there was the Vesterian controversy. What's a Vesterian controversy? 1560s and 70s dealt with the question of whether clerical vestments were declared to be popish by some were theologically important to others. They couldn't agree about church robes. And you say, what? That seems so obvious to us today. Well, it wasn't to them then. And I suspect the reason is because it was a new issue. And the church usually needs some time to sort many of these subjects. And we are in a season where we are confronted with so many new issues and conundrums, most specifically because of the LGBTQ movement. What do we do about cake baking, flowers, pronouns, DEI, celebrating a marriage or a birth of a child in a marriage that's unbiblical? It's enough to make you want to scream, is this adiaphora or not? So let us go to the text that helps us to understand what adiaphora is and isn't. And please note again, I'm really not trying to speak into any one of these issues. I don't know that I can say this emphatically enough. I'm a, I'm a guy who talks on the radio. Do I study these issues? Certainly. But I'm not with you in your local church. And I'm not your pastor. And that is the context where these issues really need to be worked through. So you say, then why are you talking about it at all? I'm simply trying to help because we will see increased fracturing that is unnecessary. Sometimes it's necessary. Right now, we're seeing a lot of fracturing. And I got to tell you, increasingly, it grieves me more and more. So this is an offering from Wretched Radio for you to sort through these issues. Romans 14. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. The issue is food. In this instance, it's vegetarianism versus meat. But then we get into meat being purchased that was sacrificed to idols. Paul renders a verdict and says, it's okay I think 1 Corinthians 10, a parallel passage, about verse 10-ish, maybe, uh, I, maybe 20. He, he says that you shouldn't be going to pagan festivals. That's a bridge too far, but you can eat the meat that they sacrifice there because it's cheaper. And wow, was meat ever something to be prized in those days? That was the controversy. And you say, that's not our issue, but the principle remains the same. You need to decide what the issue is, who's the weaker, 
who's the stronger? And that gets rather choppy and complicated. But the bottom line to the Romans 14 principle is when it is an adiaphora, you're not going to hack at each other. But the problem is in our current context, because these issues are so new, we, 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 we have strong opinions that we bring, and that's really fine. We just need Bible verses to draw a direct application to the issue. And we can debate those things and discuss those things. But as we do, I think this is one definitive principle that we should be able to take away from Romans 14. As we do, we, we shouldn't be hacking on one another. So let me take you back to Romans 14.4. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day better than, than, as an, than another. So these are about festivals. This is maybe about Sabbath versus Sunday. And what does Paul say? Well, he tells us in Colossians 2, 16, 17, that the day really doesn't matter. The festivals fulfilled in Jesus Christ, nevertheless, they were dealing with this issue. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Why? Because it isn't a sin if you celebrate Passover or don't celebrate Passover. Let each one be convinced. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord because he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. So these are believers. And believe me, I know this sounds almost <sighs> antiquated. Meat? Come on. That's a no-brainer. To us it is. But when they were in it, it wasn't. And listen to how Paul describes each of the brothers in, that have different opinions on this subject. We're both serving the same master. I answer to the Lord, so do you. And therefore, I'm not going to go after you. Am I going to try to persuade you? Sure, if I think it's important. Can you do the, the same to me? Absolutely. If we do it lovingly. But I can't come after you with a machete because you're serving, you're actually honoring the Lord. Now, this is why we need to understand adiaphora. Because if it actually is a sin issue, then it's a problem because somebody would be committing a sin if they believe that they have liberty in it. So that is why the big question is what qualifies as a contemporary Romans 14 issue? And we read the stack of emails of different scenarios. Are those adiaphora? Are those sin issues? Are they non-sin issues? And this, to me, is the, is, is the issue we need to resolve. And I'm going to throw something out that is going to sound, it's going to sound Russell Moore-ish. And it's not intended to be that at all. Russell Moore David French, they're all about finding the third way, the, 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 the more moderated position. I'm not talking about that. At least I certainly hope I'm not, because I don't want to be guilty of that. But in talking to a number of theologians, please trust me when I tell you, I've been consulting with guys, they ain't no dummies. And these issues are, 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 are not quite as clear. Now, don't think of any particular issue. I'm talking about just a, a broad bunch of issues regarding the LGBT stuff. They're, 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 just, they're just not as simple as perhaps some would like to make them be. They're just not. 
And so in talking to them, I just kept focusing on this issue. If this, then that. If this is a sin to go to a gay wedding, what about these other issues? And what do you call, for instance, the advice of Al Begg? And I'm telling you, listening to these guys go, well, but, well, hold on. There's also, it tells me we need to sort this. And we need a little time to do just that. And I would like to offer for your consideration a third category. Typically, you've got sin adiaphora. You've got sin. It's actually not a sin, but somebody thinks it's a sin so we can live together. And I did not find any theologians who were willing to slot some of these issues into one or the other. And you go, I hate that. Me too. And so as I was working through this, thinking through this, I forwarded this third category of issues. Ready? Wisdom. Wisdom issues. That there are so many complexities, so many details, and so much debate that we, at this point, haven't sorted it. So we can't say that it's a sin. We, it doesn't really seem to be, it's, it's more than an adiaphora. I heard that a lot. Well, the, it's more than an adiaphora. Al's advice, more than an adiaphora. Well, is it a sin? Well, no, I'm not quite willing to. Well, what is it then? Maybe it's just a wisdom issue. With all the complexities, we each do our best to sort the subjects. And I'm talking about all of these subjects, not just one. And that we allow each other the liberty to make those decisions, giving an account to our God individually. And in the meantime, we love one another. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hex. We start with a story that has sparked, um, well, some political debates across conservative circles. MSNBC host Joy Reid, who is never one to shy away from making headlines with controversial comments, recently made some of those controversial comments about pro-life advocates and their motivations, suggesting that their motivations may be less about the sanctity of life and more about, well, let's just say economics. Reed's critique came in response to Senator Tommy Tuberville's praise of an Alabama Supreme Court ruling regarding in vitro fertilization and its implications for defining life. The ruling, which was issued earlier this month, has led to a pause in the IVF procedures by some medical centers in the state. And Senator Tuberville, never one to shy away from a fight himself, especially on social media, said that he took Reed's criticism as a badge of honor. The Chicago Board of Education has taken the step to vote unanimously to remove police officers from city public schools. More shootings than anywhere else in the country, Chicago, Illinois, who desperately needs police officers all over the city, especially in schools, has said, nope, we're getting them out of here, affecting 39 schools, and it marks a shift in how safety and discipline will be managed within the institutions. I'm not real sure what their alternative plan is. But I promise you, this cannot end well for anyone. And now to California, where one unified school district says it will stand its ground on policies related to critical race theory and transgender parental notification. You might be surprised to find that this particular California school is against critical race theory 
and also against keeping parents in the dark. And there have been some legal challenges thrown at the school district and a lot of national scrutiny, but a judge ruled that the policies will stand, at least for now, a temporary victory, but hopefully soon it will be permanent for those advocating for parental rights and transparency in education. And speaking of education, the book How to Blow Up a Pipeline has made its way into syllabi across the nation. It's a definite provocative book and it's required reading in at least 16 universities. How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Teaching our young people that, hey, you can learn something from being an eco-terrorist. But they call it higher education. <laughs> and that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called God and Savior. If Jesus were only human, His death could not have paid our debt. But Jesus is both man and God, able to represent us, yet able to bear the wrath of the Father. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Would you like to go behind the scenes at Wretched Radio? Not really. Well, you're going to go anyway. <clears throat> this is a dramatic recreation of what a conversation would sound like between me and Jimmy off the air. <clears throat> Here we go. Hey, Jimmy. Yes, sir. Do you think that I'm going to get slammed for anything that I said in those last two segments? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe. Do you think there was anything that gave anybody the idea that I was trying to resolve or settle a particular subject, a particular issue regarding the, well, the genesis was the Albeg controversy or any of these other LGBTQ. Is anybody going to be able to go, ah, he's being squishy or, oh, he's being really strident. Anybody going to be able to do that? Uh, I don't think so. I don't I, no no you didn't you didn't give a particular I know I thought at the end I maybe it sounded like that mm -hmm. because as I'm speaking sometimes I'm thinking shouldn't you be thinking all the time when you're speaking <laughs> I was thinking oh cuz I used the Albeg advice as an example well that's all it was it was it was an example mm -hmm. and talking to different theologians they were like well I don't I don't know that I want to call it a sin what he did but I don't know that it's an adiaphora. It's, it seems like it's more than that, but it's less than the other. I'm just telling you, that's what I heard. And I have been trying to not tip my hand and give my opinion to, to speak as if I'm somehow the pulpit pontificator. I get to tell pastors exactly what they're supposed to do and how to think about this issue. Well, I ain't that. But I've talked to enough really good theologians to know this is this we are we're in it. If the little Britannica Cliff's Notes version that we did of Adi Afra perhaps caused you to go, okay, those issues that the early church or the Reformation Church wrestled with, those don't seem so complex. Well, that's only because we're not in them, and we don't these days robes really who. In evangelicalism, is anybody wearing a robe except for maybe baptism? Anybody? So to us, it's like nothing. Back then, it was like, whoa, big deal here. And they fought over these things, and they had to sort them and figure them out. And by the way, the issues of Adiaf or the gray areas, 
There are so many. We are giving away a resource. It's called Christian Liberty. It, you can get it for free. It, it's, it's pretty big. It's 21 short lectures on this subject. You can visit wretched.org slash liberty because we want to help. We want, we want to try to forward some of the thoughts historically on the subject. And what are the rules and principles of determining whether it's right or wrong to do A, B, or C? And so historically, there have been church adiaphora. And that some of these are alive and well today. Here, here's a list. Clothing. Should a man always wear a suit and tie? Should a woman always wear a dress? Pastoral robes, worship times, kids in worship, mode of baptism, building programs, church government, drums, guitars, finances and spending, catechism instruction. There are some who are like, you got to do that. And others who are like, well, you don't got to do it. I mean, sure, if you, but, and we have strong convictions, instruments in worship. Close or closed communion, Saturday versus Sunday worship, pulpits or plexiglass podiums. There's morality audiophora, tattoos, makeup, wardrobe, automobile, video size, size or video games, size of house, secular music, fantasy fiction, women's clothing, kissing, holding hands when you're dating, cosmetic surgery or hair dye, smoking, drinking, dancing, movies, education, public, private, homeschool. That's 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 real to us, isn't it? And I guarantee you, if the Lord tarries, and I hope he doesn't, in a hundred years, our current list of Adiaphora, there, there's going to be some skinny, dorky talk show host somewhere going, do you believe they used to fight over these things? Do you believe that used to be an issue? Duh, it's so obvious. Of course, this is the way it is. That's what the way that we look back. Being in it. Is, 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 is my concern that we got to work through this lovingly. And I'm not trying to tip my hand. I'm not trying to tell you what Alistair Begg did or didn't do. I've got an opinion on that. I'm, I'm resistant. Would I like to tell you? Sure. But these issues are too complex for one individual to make the authoritative decision, rendering the verdict, slamming the gavel, this is the way it needs to be. I just don't think we're there. And we need to understand adiaphora, what it is. There's political adiaphora, drug laws, spending caps, foreign policy, military budgets, shovel-ready jobs, immigration instruction bills, infrastructure bills, individual tax rates, corporate tax rates, social program funding, incarceration programs, import, export policies, balanced budget amendments. Yeah. Huh? We got a lot of stuff we got to sort. And the subject that helps us sometimes, not all the time, is the subject of adiaphora. It's found in Romans chapter 14. This is from verse 13. Let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Now, there are some people who use adiaphora and they'll use that, that very specific text. I think it was Ligonier Ministries, maybe R.C. Sproul, who said that adiaphora, the stumbling block, it gets used as a cudgel. Hey, you can't do that because you're making me stumble. So we, we got to know what it means to actually stumble. Nevertheless, that's not our focus. I know I'm persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in and of itself. But it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. So there's the issue. And this is there's a limitation to adiaphora. Here's what we can't do with adiaphora. And you, you, 
as you ponder this, you're going to find yourself a bit frustrated. And I get that. I cannot say that an adiaphora is every single time when two brothers have a difference of opinion on a subject and they disagree, it's automatically adiaphora. Can't do that. Why? Well, because it has to be something that actually isn't sinful. There is a limitation to Romans 14 in that Paul tells us which side is right, and therefore the weaker brother is the one who doesn't think that he can do something that God doesn't prohibit. So now we fast forward to the 21st century, and we ask the question about all these contemporary issues that we've already been reading. All right, is, is this that? Is this an adiaphron? Well, it could be, but we've got to be able to determine if it is something that is actually okay. That means we can't always use adiaphora just as, as, as the tiebreaker. We can't say, well, we disagree. It must be adiaphora. Nope, not necessarily. Might be. And that is why wisdom is so crucial. And, and being patient with one another when we are so anxious to get everything resolved with a simple text. We, we can't be doing that to one another. When we consider an issue to determine whether or not it is a gray area, a sin or not a sin, I think, I think of a string. I think, I think of a line. I, I think of a reed, a measuring stick. You've got to be able to take a Bible verse that contains a principle and draw as straight a line as possible. But it's never going to be a perfectly straight line. Why? Well, because it's a principle to application. Let me explain. Thou shalt not murder. That's really clear. I can't kill you. Can I punch you in the nose? You say, well, no, because that's harming a human being. And that principle is contained in thou shalt not murder. Furthermore, we're supposed to love our neighbor. That punching somebody in the nose is not loving our neighbor. Therefore, it's a sin to punch somebody in the nose. I think we get that, don't we? But what about a wet willy? That's disgusting. Is that a sin to do that? What if I'm just playing? It, it annoys it annoys somebody, but I'm just funning. And all of a sudden, you've got yourself, and I know this isn't the greatest example, but you've got yourself different details, different complexities, a different action, a different intention. Uh, a different relationship. There's no anger involved. It's actually a sign of affection, which it's not, by the way. If you've ever had one of those nasty pranks pulled on you. Okay, we need to be able to draw a straight line. So, for instance, with attending a gay wedding, I think Ephesians 5.11, you just have nothing to do with evil deeds of dark. Nothing to do uh, and it's not loving. It's not genuinely loving to affirm somebody in their sin. I think that's a pretty straight line. Perfectly straight? Mm, well, it can't be because that would make it an explicit text that would say a Christian shouldn't attend a gay wedding ceremony. That's an ex that, Okay, clear. Got it. Bang. Done. So I'm taking the principle from Ephesians 5.11 and I'm applying it. And I think that's pretty direct. Now, Somebody comes along and says, I don't think it is, and here's why, and they start to explain it. Does that automatically make it an adiaphora because we disagree? And the answer is no, because I'm persuaded that's a straight line. But here's the trick. 
And, and sorry to pull you into this, my fundamentalist friends, my dear brothers and sisters. You believe dancing, drinking, smoking, going to the movies is a sin. You firmly believe that. And if we come along and say, no, we disagree with that, do we have an Adi Afra? Or is it actually a sin? Next on Wretched Radio. Are you ready to go on an adventure that tackles life's biggest questions head on? Well, we invite you to join John Fabares and Jake Ream on a riveting journey in Road Trip to Truth Season 4. This season, they're hitting the road to explore deep questions about sin, atheism, racism, and the very nature of truth itself. Through candid conversations with university students and wisdom from experts, this season delivers some unwavering answers from a biblical perspective. Whether it's understanding the reality of heaven and hell, navigating the complexities of marriage, or uncovering the truths about money and forgiveness, Road Trip to Truth Season 4 will be your guide. It's perfect for youth groups, families, or anyone who seeks to defend their faith with confidence. Road Trip to Truth has been more than a series. It's a tool for sparking meaningful discussions and inspiring a commitment to the gospel. So if you're ready to head out on a road trip, buckle up for the truth. Road Trip to Truth Season 4, available now at wretched.org slash 4. Who will speak for those who are staggering to the slaughter? Seems like right now would be a good time to encourage you to support Preborn Ministries. They're in it. It's a little complex out there with the internet and ordering pills. They're in the game. They're working hard to save babies and save mommies and daddies with the gospel. So if you are energized about life, that's something you can do. You can support Preborn. They provide free ultrasounds despite the accusations of all pro-life clinics. They are holistic. They do care about the mommy too. And they care for the family and they provide training. And it is literally a way that if you have the means, you can be saving a life. Amazing ministry. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know, you're the reason that we get so excited about every broadcast. Now, one of the questions you may be wondering is, what's it like on the other side? You know, we know everyone's life is a bit different and not everyone is in a place that they can contribute in the same way. And that is perfectly okay. But if you are, I want to encourage you to actually put some more thought and some more prayer and some more conversation into it. If you feel moved, if you feel led and you're in a good spot in your life right now, then we would welcome you with open arms. But hey, remember this, if you're in debt, if you're not giving to your local church, then we don't want you giving to us. When have you ever heard a ministry turn down donations? Because that's not who we are. We don't want to put any pressure or undue stress on you to partner with us. So if you're in a good place in your life right now, visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Every bit of support, big or small, makes a tremendous difference. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Hermeneutics A vital part of biblical hermeneutics is an understanding of genre. One genre we find in scripture is gospel. The gospels are four complementary narrative accounts of the same story from a different perspective with a different emphasis. God delivers his timeless truth through a multitude of witnesses. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And now, 
an unrehearsed dramatic recreation. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, congratulations. You're playing the role of the evangelical who has liberty to dance, to smoke, to drink without getting drunk, and to go to movies. Okay. I, on the other hand, I'm a brother. I'm an independent fundamentalist Baptist brother. I believe in the essentials, just like you do. Justification by faith. There is no damnable doctrine in either one of our creeds. We are brothers. Mm -hmm. But I believe that those issues are sinful. Okay. All right. Now, why don't you try to persuade me they're not? Go. Pick up. Uh, pick, pick. Oh, my dancing. goodness. Dancing. No, pick, no, let's do that. Let's pick smoking. You smoke. You think you think it's okay to smoke. I think absolutely not. Go. <laughs> I don't know that I can do this. Um, you say there's no Bible verse that says you can't smoke. Right. Well, that's. Oh, yes, there is. Which is what? First Corinthians six. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you might point out. I'll just put words in your mouth. Thank you. You might point out, oh, no, no, no. The body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's in the context of sexual immorality where you're linking your body with somebody else. And you shouldn't do that. It has nothing to do with inhaling fumes that may or may not be good for your body. So context-wise, I don't think that you got a leg to stand on with your 1 Corinthians 6. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and you can't pollute the inside of the temple. No. I'm telling you, look at the death rates. It's bad for people. It is a, it is to harm. It's actually promoting murder because we know that it takes people's life sooner. And I'm persuaded of this. Now, the question is, is it an adiaphora? How did it become what we would call an evangelicalism? The Jimmies of the world would say it's a gray area. And, and, and we can disagree on this. The only way that he can make that conclusion is if he's persuaded it's not a sin to smoke. Because every subject can't be tidily packaged with a bow that says adiaphora. Because sometimes there are things, no, they actually are sinful. They're actually, the meat being sacrificed to idols in Romans 14, it wasn't sinful. So that... We, we've got that side of the equation. But the challenge to this subject is when I firmly believe it's a sin. I firmly believe it. So let's use one of our contemporary issues. And again, I'm just using a subject. We're playing roles. I'm simply trying to spread a little bit of a banquet for us to consume. That's, that's what I'm trying to accomplish here. No, no more, no less. So the subject, let's say, is uh, go. Uh, it would be going to. I, I don't want to use the Alistair Bag one because no matter what I say, somebody will say that I'm actually taking a decide and making decide and making a decision. So let's pick. Um, how's about um, using pronouns? Using pronouns. All right. Let's just say I Bob. Just to separate myself even further. No, you can absolutely, positively cannot use a pronoun. You can't do it. And therefore, it would be a sin to do it. Now, can somebody else come along and say, well, no, I, I, I don't think that's a sin at all. Therefore, we slap adiaphora on it, call it a day, and go to church together. Not so fast. Not so fast. 
Because we need to know whether or not it actually is or isn't a sin. For it to be adiaphron, it can't be a sin. Did you catch that? For it to be an adiaphra, a disputable dispensation, a Romans 14 issue, it, it, it can't be a sin. That's why you can't just say that every dispute that you have is automatically a gray area. You can't do that. And this gets so hard because I'm so persuaded of my rightness. And that is why this subject is so difficult. And this is why I believe that there might be, there just might be a third category that needs to be considered between sin, adiaphora, and <laughs> this stuff that we're dealing with here. And your pastor, by the way, is dealing with these issues constantly. You have no idea what is put before that man on a daily basis for him to sort. And I would like to just suggest that we consider, without becoming compromised liberals, third wayers, the just we're the nice Christians because we just don't take an opinion about nothing. No, I'm not saying that. But perhaps the category, I can't think of a better name, perhaps you can. The, the best category name that I can concoct is wisdom. That somebody walks into the pastor's office and it's one of these issues. Okay, we read earlier. Okay, my mom's sister is bringing her daughter who's bringing her wife. And there's two bedrooms and we've got to, and so the sister can sleep on the couch, but there's only a double. So they would have to sleep in the, in the queen size bed. So what, what should they do? What should mom do about this? And even though you might have an opinion about it, because the pastor's going to start asking more and more questions about this. It's going to get more and more complex. And we simply need to allow a pastor in a local church, the elders of a local church, to operate in a field that we're going to call wisdom. Because we can at this point, I think we're going to be able to at some point, as time passes, more of these debates, these in-house debates take place, I think we're going to come up with some firm convictions and go, yeah, yeah, this this is what it is. This is, yep, it's definitely adiaphora or it's definitely sin. In the meantime, can we simply let local churches operate underneath the banner of wisdom as they are striving to please their master who happens to be your master too? They will give an account to the Lord, not to you or to me. And we 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 give a little room for that to happen. And we we perhaps at this point resist the temptation for the clear definitions, the black and white verdicts that I personally prefer a lot and that I will respect you enough, love you enough, not give you credit for reading a Bible on occasion and not trying to be licentious in your decision-making, then you sort it. And that's and that, by the way, is the business of the local church. And, and that is that is why those of us who podcast or do radio broadcasts or blog, we, we got to watch it. We got to watch it because I know this. Pastor is in the Bible. Church is in the Bible. Podcaster and radio host are not. Spiritual gifts, I don't see talking with a microphone as being one of those spiritual gifts. In other words... Uh, I, 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 I need to 
respect what's going on in the local church and let godly people exercise wisdom. And if, sorry, I have to do this again. If you're thinking that I'm thinking about one particular subject, I am not. I'm talking about a general principle here so that we can sort through this. How long will it take? It depends on the issue. Some of these are clear. Some of them are muddy, but all of them have details. And there might just be some details that you and I don't know about, that you and I haven't considered because we're not privy to those things. And this is not to suggest that you should therefore go, well, I guess I don't have an opinion anymore. It doesn't matter. Not saying that. We need your voice in this. But I do believe our voices need to be heard most in the context of our local church as our local pastors, our local elders are making a lot of these decisions. And we can converse about it on these different platforms. We can, but boy, do we need to remember the limitations. I would encourage you to go watch the video that we posted two days ago, three days ago, which I have a confession to make. It just warmed my cold conservative heart, the number of people that watched it. I really was amazed. I, I, I don't know what the number count is at the moment, but I was really pleased because it's not a whoop-de-doo video. It's not like you've got fireworks going off and wacky or anything that might be attention-getting. It, it's basically a reading of John Newton's letter to a pastor who was going to publicly critique another pastor in the newspaper. And John Newton gave some rules, and he's like, ooh, you better be praying a lot. You need to remember that person is your brother. You need to remember that other people are listening. you got to remember that unbelievers are even going to read that. And guess what? They might not be able to discern doctrine, but they can discern when somebody's a jerk. And that is not a good testimony for the Christian. I encourage you to go watch that. Uh, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Justin Peter's picture on the front cover because we did it for a brand new resource called Thou Shalt Judge. It's not available yet because we need to create a better culture before we mirror the world and become the cancel culture. Is there a time to cancel? Yep. Romans 14. Got it. But, but that should be last resort, not quick draw, verdicts being rendered, proclamations being made. Let's, let's study the issue of adiaphora because it's not an easy one to get your brain around. And let's study these individual issues. Let's bring explicit verses. Let's bring implicit verses. And let's get this sorted so that one day the church will look back and go, oh, that, that was easy. But we're not there yet. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>